Andy Bush here, how's it going? Welcome to the uh, second and final of the little Christmas specials uh, that I'm doing on my own here for Bush's board game thing. Hope you had a good Christmas, hope you had a good New Year. Uh, I'm sat here in me tracky bottoms with a cup of tea, about to record for you uh, a little rundown of the top 20 board games of 2020 uh, on the Zatu Games website. Of course, Zatu Games are the brilliant people that power this podcast, and it'd be interesting to see in terms of what people are buying and what games are still popular, even if they might have been released three or four years ago, uh, what were the hot games of 2020? Uh, but like anyone else, we're, we're going back into like a second or third, I think it's a third lockdown now. Uh, this entire podcast, the whole backdrop to it has just been being trapped in the house, which has probably made the whole board game thing have an even greater resonance. I hope they've helped you out during these weird times. It's certainly helped me, whether it's playing with other people, just turning the telly off for a little bit, particularly turning off rolling news. How bad is that for you, rolling news? They just want to scare you. Anyone else just get that feeling that the news channels and the news networks... I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, uh, but... It's the kind of thing someone would tell you if you're a taxi driver, you just got in the cab. Now, the thing is, what they want you to do, right? What, what, what are the top brass, the powers that be? They want you to be scared. They want you to be in the house. But I do feel like the news networks just want to, you know, scare the bejesus out of you. And even if you do get like a little glimmer of good news, they're always like, ooh, but no, don't, don't step outside the house yet. No, 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 get back in, get back in. And an interesting byproduct of that, uh, the fact that we have all been trapped in the house during these, these weird, weird times is that um, I feel like birds, and I mean the avian type, have just been ruling the roost. Them and the rest of nature have just been absolutely, I don't know, lording it up a little bit. I've never seen so many seagulls and birds just knocking around, probably because they've, they've been flying around up there, uh, normally scared off by us kind of, you know, doing what humans do, backing up beeping trucks and, you know, dropping rubbish into lakes and rivers and killing stuff. This is what we do in it as a human race, and Bill Hicks describes this uh, back in the day as a, a virus with shoes. But um, the birds have seen us disappear off the scene and just thought, well, let's just, uh, let's just spread out a little bit and uh, have the entire planet to themselves. And you know when you w- watch those sci-fi movies from back in the day where, um, you know, what was it called? World War Z? Was it, no, not World War Z. The other one with Will Smith trapped on his own. What is that film called? I Am Legend. That's the one. Did you hear the penny drop in my little really, really tiny brain then, just for a second? Will Smith, I Am Legend, from the book, right? And and he goes out into town, not to go to the shops, because he's the only person left on this planet, I think, as far as it goes. And everything's got grass growing back on top of it, and there's, like, birds and everything everywhere. Even, like, the shopping centre. Obviously, it's years derelict, but grass has started appearing everywhere, and it's almost like nature reclaiming things. And it feels like that a little bit. Which is uh, why the board game that's at number 20, as I segue seamlessly uh, into our top 20 games on the Zatu website, is Wingspan. Bush's board game thing. So Wingspan is a great game. Wingspan is a beautiful game. Uh, and, you know, it was one of the few games, uh, board games that I know out there that you get little tiny eggs in it, little tiny eggs to place on your board. And you can't really get angry with someone if you're playing against them and maybe they're kicking your ass if you've just got little tiny little tiny pretend eggs there. There's something very sweet about it. Uh, it's, when you describe Wingspan to someone, uh, it's, it's a weird one because it sounds terrible, but it's really, really good. You've got to build your own kind of aviary collection of uh beautiful birds i think the original uh wingspan was just north america 
the birds of North America. Sounds like a magazine you get on the top row in a, in a service station in the mid-80s. Uh, but they've just done a, a, an expansion which brings in all the best birds of uh, Europe and stuff as well. So you're, you're playing a board game, you're learning about birds at the same time, and you're placing little tiny plastic eggs onto the board, which is a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I always find wing, Wingspan an incredibly calming game. There's a good element of mindfulness about it as well, and it's gorgeous art. So that is number 20 in the top 20 games on Zatu's website for 2020. In at number 19, or sounds like the Sunday charts this, up two places at number 19 is Jaipur. I think I might have pronounced that incredibly badly. But this is a gorgeous-looking game. Uh, you are It's like a card game. It's a blend of tactics, risk, and luck. Uh, on your turn, you can either take or sell cards. If you take cards, you have to choose between taking all the camels. Yes, there's camels in this game. Uh, taking one card from the market or swapping cards between the market and your cards. I'm sure if you read the instructions like I haven't, it'll make more sense. Uh, but the main thing is it's one of these gorgeous, beautiful, bright games and uh, a theme that we've already got developing and we're only two uh, places in in our top 20 charts is, and I, I always go by this, if a game looks damn good, it's going to be easier to get other people to play it with you. And Jaipur looks an absolute treat. Give it a try. That's number 19. Now, the next game in the uh, Zatu Games chart of uh, top 20 games of 2020 is bizarrely a game that my friend Phil Austin, my amazing friend Phil Austin, one of my little board gaming buddies from uh, yonks and yonks ago, uh, texted me over Christmas to say that he got it from his uh, lovely wife, Layla, for Christmas. They've been playing it nonstop, and it's amazing. Now, bearing in mind, my entire time uh, knowing Phil is that me and him play quite dense, uh, you know, full-on, hardcore historical war games. Yes, we're kind of cool, crazy guys. So when he recommended a game called Disney Villainous to me, I was like, what? What's happened to Phil? Are you okay? Is this a cry for help? Blink three times and I'll come and get you, bust you out of there. Uh, and by all accounts, even though it's a game about Disney characters and you're, you're fighting this baddie and moving around this board and you can play a load of different uh, characters from Disney movies... Uh, it, tactically, it's absolutely on point, and that's borne out by the fact that it's at number 18 in our top 20 chart. Disney Villainous, check it out, looks good. Phil, I apologise for doubting you. Loads of love for the game that's at number 17 in our top 20 chart of 2020 here on Zatu Games, uh, Arkham Horror, the card game. I think in terms of the messages that we get through our Instagram, and I love hearing from you guys, at Board Game Thing, if you ever want to get in touch... And if you ever want to see what weird little game that I'm currently playing, because I always try and post stuff on there or whatever I'm up to. The other night, I was sat there uh, with a glass of scotch playing uh, Robinson Crusoe, which doesn't feature in our top 20 list, sadly. It's been out for quite a while, but you can't beat having a little... Whatever your, your, your tipple is, whether it's a, a rum or a whiskey or a glass of wine, sitting there and just chilling out and playing a board game is one of the greatest things. And why not do it whilst playing Arkham Horror, the card game? By Fancy Flight Games, it's been around for a while now, still going strong. It's probably still going strong because they have so many damn uh, different expansion packs for this game. Uh, if you know the works of H.P. Lovecraft, a seminal American horror fiction writer, uh, these this card game is based on that. It's a great little compact game there's there's another big box game called arkham horror which is brilliant and i remember playing that years ago but that is a, a couple of people enjoyed my phrase of table hog from last week's episode uh, i'm going to wheel that back out again the the arkham horror boxed game the big proper board game is a table hog in that you're going to need about three kitchen tables to be able to uh, accommodate it plus all the expansions as well it just gets bigger and bigger you'll be placing board pieces on the floor put it that way uh, arkham horror the living card game much smaller, can chuck it in your suitcase if at some point in the next 12 months you're allowed to travel anywhere. But it's a very cool game. 
always adding bits to it. And again, another game that looks beautiful. It, it kind of exudes this Art Deco uh, mystique. And you can buy loads of uh, very cool, quite nerdy. If you're one of those people who likes to bling your board game, if you look on Etsy, they also do some fantastic bespoke plastic counters that you can replace the cardboard ones that come in the box. Have you ever blinged up a board game? There's something quite um, therapeutic about it, but I feel like I might be slightly straying into uber-nerd territory. Number 17 in our top 20 list, it's Arkham Horror, the living card game. At number 16 in our list of top 20 games uh, from 2020 on Zatu's website is The Brilliant Mysterium. I love the fact that this game's been out for a while now, but it's still uh, charting in the top 20. Uh, it's a little bit like a Christmas single that's there for 17 weeks. Do you know what I mean? A Christmas number one. Um, very bizarre game. If you were to try and explain this game to someone, it does sound a bit weird. In the, I, As far as I can tell in Mysterium, uh, someone's a ghost. One of you is playing as a ghost. You can even chalk up yourself or put a bit of uh, flour in your hair to add that ghost experience. Or I guess you, you want to try and, before you even start the game, uh, decide on what kind of ghost you want to be. What kind of ghost... If you There's a question for you right now. If you were going to be any ghost, what would you go for? Would you, good, would you go for kind of, uh, whoa, lantern, walking by kind of friendly ghost, undercurrents of Casper? Or would you do poltergeist? Don't really hear about poltergeist so much anymore, do you? Like moving stuff around and everything. Just being generally mischievous. Like we used to read a book when I was at school called The Ghost of Thomas Kemp. And I think he was like a fun knockabout poltergeist. Not one of them bad ones that does bruises on your arms and stuff like that, that you read about in 70s horror fiction, Stephen King and the like. Um, i tell you another thing you don't hear about these days in the world of the paranormal, and that's spontaneous human combustion. Whatever happened to spontaneous human combustion? When I was a kid in the 80s, and we used to always run and uh, go to the library at school and get Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers book. It was like this uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, but of scary stuff from the occult. And there was a huge section on uh, spontaneous human combustion. And you know that famous photo? Pair of legs, pair of slippers on, and then just on fire next to a Calagas heater. Don't hear about it anymore. If you know of any, uh, we have international listeners, and we love you all that listen to this podcast. If you uh, listen to this from abroad, and you have cases of spontaneous human combustion, please get in touch with the show. I'd like to read further on it at Bush on the radio if you're on Twitter or board game thing on Instagram. Let me get back to Mysterium. One of you's a ghost, and then the other players play as uh, psychics walking around this house that's haunted by you, the ghost, and you've got to communicate with them but via pictures and colours and images. So, I mean, we've talked about Dixit before on this podcast, a brilliant game where you have to convey dreams to people. Uh, it's a little bit like that, so it's going to test your powers of communication. And a really interesting experiment in terms of finding out how good you are at communicating, uh, but without being able to say it. And if you're uh, like a, a parent, like me, uh, that feeling of walking around the house and no one taking any notice of you should ring fairly familiar. That's Mysterian. It's number 16. Check it out. Number 15 in our top 20 list of 2020 is the brilliant Ticket to Ride. We featured it on our Transport Game special podcast uh, from a few weeks back. Uh, Jess, Brian and I absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, shamedly on me, I've been a, a board gamer for years and I'd never played it. I don't know what put me off it. I think I unfairly grouped Ticket to Ride, the train game, uh, in that kind of, you know, the roll of the eyes set of games that you, you go into WH Smith's or one of the usual toy shops and they've always got the same old stuff that's been knocking around for donkey's years like uh, Cluedo, Home You Go and Monopoly. I, I kind of unfairly, because it's so popular, 
I'd unfairly put Ticket to Ride in that category. But um, when we sat down and played it, it's got, it's got the, the X Factor thing that we were talking about right at the start of this, that if it looks good, it makes people want to play it. The card art is absolutely gorgeous. And it's just a brilliant train game. And it's very good for learning about the capital cities of all the different countries in the world. Bit of geography, bit of kind of uh, undercurrent of geography, uh, sneak in some learning there. Particularly if you're having a homeschool kids at the moment. You don't want to sit there on the computer and do a geography lesson. Play Ticket to Ride. And it's also lovely, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, Board Game Thing, the, the lovely people at Zatu Games sent the amazing Kiala Settle a copy of Ticket to Ride. And uh, during Christmas, she sent us a brilliant picture of her mid-game during the festive period. I have to find out how Kiala got on. Did she win? That's number 15 in our list of top 20 games. It's Ticket to Ride. If you nodded off and you've just woken up again, uh, Andy Bush here flying solo for one final time this week. Uh, Jess and Brian back with the next podcast next week. Uh, just to wrap up the whole festive period thing, they always have specials on at Christmas, don't they? This is what we're doing here. This is a list of the top 20 games from 2020 on Zatu's website. This podcast powered by the lovely people at Zatu Games. Uh, number 14 is a game that I, I've only ever heard the name of, but I didn't know what it was about until I've just checked it out for this. It's called The Quacks of Quedlinburg, and I've always thought it was just about ducks. Isn't that weird? I just like, it's just a game about ducks. Maybe you just have the life of a duck. I mean, what would that be if you're doing a life of a duck? It's probably more to do with wingspan that was back at number 20, but you just, what, walk in a line uh, in and out of a swimming pool, or, a.k.a. the lake. Is that kind of it? Have a bit of bread? Scare some people? inexplicably decide to walk through town like duck simulator that'd be a good game wouldn't it i think there's something not too dissimilar to that actually available on pc and all uh consoles right now anyway the quacks of quedlinburg it's not about that it's about quack doctors charlatans making their own secret brew by adding ingredients one at a time and a theme that's run right the way through this uh little podcast so far is games that look damn good i think this is going to be on top on the list there the the uh, components are beautiful and you're brewing your own little potion. So if you fancy uh, lovely little pieces that look like jewels and this element of uh, pushing your luck to see how many things you can put in your concoction, uh, again, just being a charlatan, check it out right now. That's the Quacks of Quedlinburg. It's number 14, and it's not technically about ducks. At number 13 in the list is uh, a kind of a variant on a game that Brian mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, and that's code names. So, you know, code names, you're, you've got secret agents and you're using kind of wordplay to try and work out uh, what is the code name of the agent that's out there in the field. Uh, this game that's at number 13 in Zatu's Top 20 for 2020 uh, is called uh, Codenames Duet. And the duet bit is the clue here. You're actually working together with another player uh, to try and uh, locate and find all of your agents. So if you find the other games a little bit kind of, some people are a bit weird about playing head-to-head with other people. And that's that's fine. I mean, I've, I've gone on a weird journey with, they're called cooperative games when you work together, funnily enough. Uh, and I love them for a bit because it's great and you're all working together. And then you can have this thing, there's this weird uh, thing and you might know someone in your gaming group that's a bit like this. They call it the alpha player syndrome which is where we get one slightly belligerent, proactive person who kind of tells everyone what they're going to do. This, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go and do this. And then you don't really take part in the game. If you're, if you're like me and you like to sit back a little bit and let things sink in, and you're probably a little bit quieter when you play a game, you find that the alpha player can kind of run away with the game and you're just doing what they say. Uh, duet, at least if you're working with somebody else, it's just a pair of you, that'll be different. So, so check it out. An interesting twist on the hugely popular Codenames. That's Codenames Duet. It's number 13. 
At number 12 in our list of the best games or the best-selling games of 2020 on Zatty's website is a little tiny box card game that I've seen at the till in various uh, board game shops over the past 12 months. And I've always thought to myself, oh, that looks interesting, but I've never gone as far as actually picking it up to have a look. It's called The Mind, and this is another great game that you can put in a, a backpack to carry with you if you're travelling with some friends. You remember that? Remember when you used to go and do stuff with friends? It's fine, it's fine. So totally cool. Deep breath. But uh, surely in the not-too-distant future, you'll be on a train again at some point. If you are, get the mind. Very cool, interesting um, prospect or uh, proposition of a game in that you've got to communicate with each other. Again, a lot of these games are cool because they test your ability as a group of friends to see how well you can kind of work together and communicate. Basically, you've got to place the cards down in order as a group. Each of these are different levels. You unlock each different level as you go, but you're not allowed to communicate as to what you've got in your hand. So again, testing your powers of communication to the absolute limit. That's number 12. It's the mind. Use your mind. Just before we head into number 11 in our top 20 list here on Board Game Think, uh, if you have kids, do they uh, rummage through the components or steal the components from your board games? Is that a thing that happens? Because obviously, as a parent, I'm trying to get my two girls into playing games. One is 11, my eldest is 11, and she's quite into them. In fact, she's like almost like a card counter. She's really good. When she gets to a certain age, I'm going to take her down to the local casino, get her to count some poker cards, blackjack cards, and hopefully we'll make some money before they realise what's going on. Uh, the younger one, she's only she's only three, so she's not quite there yet, but they're both obsessed with, if any games have got like jewels in them, or like, you know, see-through shiny things, they nick them out of the box. It's unbelievable. N never did I think that this would be one of the downside uh, byproducts of being a board game fan or a board gaming family. Uh, they will definitely be all over this next game in our list. Number 11 is Splendor. Uh, this is a very cool, very different game. Uh, players are merchants of the Renaissance trying to buy gem mines, means of transportation shops, all in order to acquire the most prestigious points. Uh, it's a very cool modular board in this. It's a board made up of cards, so if you've got limited space, this would be good for you. There's a very good app version of it as well. I think it's one of those games you can play on your mobile phone to try it out uh, before you go for it and finally buy it. But again, glorious, gorgeous components and gems. What's not, what's not to love? Number 11 in our list, try it out. It's Splendor. It's splendid. If you've just joined it at this late stage of the podcast, this is Andy Bush here, flying solo this week, counting down the top 20 games on Zatu's website. Uh, here in the United Kingdom, we've just been plunged into uh, a third lockdown, so we're hunkering down. It's tin helmets time for what I think is going to be right the way through to at least the beginning of February, so perfect timing to snap up some good board games and get your family fortified against the misery of being interned in the house. At number 10, this is a beautiful game on the list. It's called Azul. Another game that I've not played, but I've just admired from afar and it's weird it's based on uh, beautiful moorish tiles so you know you might uh see in somewhere like portugal you know when you see that you go into a beautiful restaurant or cafe somewhere abroad and they've got those beautiful tiles made up of little tiny blue patterns and stuff like that terrible description from me but what you've got to do is draft those tiles onto your player board and i think make little patterns that score you points the main thing is and this is the thing that is like i say a theme right the way through this podcast it's a game that looks gorgeous so if you've got someone that doesn't generally want to play board games and i have that problem in this house you go oh, come on let's play a game tonight. come on please 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 this is the kind of game that's going to get them over the marker and get them sat at the table number 10 in the list it's beautiful it's got little tiles it's azul Number nine on our list is one of the most used and most enjoyed and most taken around to other people's houses of the board games that we own in this house here in Leon C in Essex. Uh, it's Bananagrams. 
You might have recognized it if you've been to any of your favorite local game stores where they've got uh, like a zip-up banana. It looks like a banana uh, pencil case that you might have had in, in school in the 80s. Uh, basically that filled with like, well, pretty much the little uh, tiles that you get from Scrabble, but it's uh, bananagrams. And you've just got to, it's like a quick, uh, ster- it's like uh, Scrabble on steroids is I'm sure a phrase that they might want to use in the next advertising campaign. Uh, my eldest daughter absolutely loves it. You're against the clock against other people to try and create as many different words as you possibly can. Grab him from a pile of tiles in the middle. So if Scrabble seems a little bit kind of stayed, a little bit l- looking over the top of um, some bifocal glasses by a crackling log fire to you, and you want someone who's a bit more manic and crazy and on the go, then check out Bananagrams. And even if you don't play it, the little banana pencil case thing looks cool on the shelf. That's number nine. Number eight in our list is a real curveball of a game that we've kind of brushed upon a little bit. uh, Brushed upon? Touched upon. Just brushed over. It's a mix of the two. Uh, We've manhandled a little bit uh, about three or four episodes back. And that's Pokemon. Pokemon the card game has been around for donkey's years now. You always think of it as kind of a modern, cool thing that kids play, but it's actually now been around for like 25, 30 years, which is an amazing thing. Uh, And it's a hell of a survivor. I always think if if you can see a game in in somewhere like Waterstones, then that's a game that's kind of made it because... You only get to, you have to you only be at the very pinnacle of uh, popularity for board games to be you know stopped in those kind of places. And Pokemon is always there. Uh, my eldest daughter Erin went through a, a, like a period of of playing it. We used to play it a fair old bit. And it's quite complicated as well. It's not like a, a dead easy card game and for like snap. This ain't Dobble. There's quite a few different weird rules and card effects and everything about it as well. I've always found the the characters in Pokemon quite fascinating and you know maybe if you're trapped in the house and bored and looking for uh, little flights of fancy just to uh, give yourself some escapism maybe make up some of your own uh, Pokemon to do with being interned indoors so you could have uh, wheat intolerance a puff or hangover a chew any other suggestions as to yeah lockdown Pokemon please get in touch uh, with the podcast at board game thing but try it for yourself you've never played pokemon before there's a hell of a scene maybe you could you know buy your first set this week from zatu games fast forward a year when we can all mix together again there's you in las vegas at the pokemon world cup if there is a pokemon world cup it's number eight in the list I tell you what, this is really apt. Number seven in our list is Seven Wonders, a hugely popular game. If you played Civilization, the computer game, it's kind of a little bit like that. You're building uh, a rival civilization to all the other players, uh, trying to complete wonders of the world and technological advancements and stuff like that. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel is actually the game that's uh, at number seven in our list. So maybe a little bit like uh, Code Names from a bit earlier on. I think what they do is they have the the big full, you know, everything into it game that you can buy, and you can buy slightly smaller versions which probably pit you against somebody else i say probably because i've never played it although it does look pretty damn good and you're building technological advancements and improving your empire against somebody else just crush your friends if you want if you want an opportunity to crush your friends and to say that your civilization is the best one try seven wonders seven wonders jewel is number seven in our list Number six in our list of top 20 games of 2020 on Zatu's website uh, is probably one of the most popular board games of all time. One of the most highest rated board games uh, on Board Game Geek, if you're a bit of a nerd like myself and go and check out their website. It's Carcassonne. Is that how you say it? Carcassonne. Uh, Carcassonne. Carcassonne. And you place tiles. Uh, it's basically you, you, it's southern France landscape. Uh, the tile might feature a city, a road, a cloister. Don't even know what a cloister is. What is a cloister? 
I thought it was something to do with the clergy. Is it something like that? Please let me know what a cloister is if you're listening to this. Just send us a little message at Board Game Thing on Instagram. Anyway, you, you build this little environment, build castles, all these different things, and you get points for the connection of the tiles. Sounds pretty simple. It's proper cutthroat. People are really good at it. You know the way people are really good at games that have been around for ages, like uh, chess or Twilight Struggle? People are really good at Carcassonne. Uh, Jess is always going on about it. We're going to have to do a special episode, I think, on it at some point on Board Game Thing. But I'd love to for them to release... Why is it always south of France? Why can't we have them over here? Maybe they've got ones about Great Britain that I don't know about, but wouldn't you love to see Carcassonne Swindon Special Edition? Maybe you get more points if you match up all the different roundabouts. Just a thought, it's number six in our list. It's the legend that is Carcassonne. Game number five in our list is another behemoth in the world of board gaming. It's been around for donkey's years, hugely popular. You've undoubtedly heard about it because it, I think it's been in uh, like TV shows and movies and stuff like that before. It's that famous. It's the Settlers of Catan. Uh, and just looking at the picture of it here, again, I've never played it. It's another game that uh, Jess from the podcast is constantly banging on about playing. We're going to have to play it at some point, just to keep her happy. Um, from the top, it looks like... I had, a, I had a game when I was a kid. I remember getting it for Christmas back in the early 80s called Escape from Atlantis. And you had loads of little hexagon tiles uh, that you placed randomly onto the kind of board, which was the sea in the background. And every round, a bit of Atlantis would uh, slowly break away and disappear and sink. And there was like sea monsters and everything. And you had to get all of your villagers off the island onto boats. Little cool wooden boats as best you could. Settlers of Catan looks a bit like that. But a little bit more earnest and serious. There's a lot more of building churches and stuff rather than an octopus smashing the hell out of your town centre. Do you know what I mean? Settlers of Catan is number five. Number four on our list, we kind of mentioned its little brother game earlier on, so we've covered it off. It's Codenames, but the full uh, full fat version. If you've got Codenames Jewel, uh, which was a couple of places back, a slightly more streamlined version where you're playing on the same team, uh, Codenames Full On Edition, that, sh- that should be what they call it. That's number four. We'll jump over that and move straight to number three. What an apt game. This is such an interesting game that's in our list because I've thought about playing it a couple of times. I've had a load of uh, lovely messages from you guys that listen to the podcast who've bought it from Zatu because uh, we've been talking about cooperative games and all that kind of stuff. It's pandemic. Uh, now, obviously, we're in the middle of one at the moment. So I d- I, it's weird because I've thought, well, we're in a pandemic. Let's buy the game. Let's play the game and see what happens. And then I thought, oh, I don't know. Is it too much? Do you know what I mean? If you've bought Pandemic and you've, you've got it out there and you've started playing it with friends or whatever, because you're all on the same team and everything, if you don't know what Pandemic is, uh, you're, you're scientists and uh, doctors working to try and find a cure of this pandemic, which is completely ravaging the earth. A little bit like 2020, 2021, the board game, essentially. But what I would love to know from people who've played it is when you've sat down to do it, has it made you think, oh, I don't know, oh, I've been you know, getting alerts on my phone about this all day. I'm not sure if I want to play a board game version of it because I'm kind of over it. Or does it give you maybe an enhanced feeling of control and allow you to wrestle back control from a, a situation which is inherently completely out of control by the nature of the fact you can do something about it because you're playing a board game? I wonder whether it might help, actually. Maybe they should start delivering these out with the vaccine. Do you know what I mean? Just to help people come to terms with it a little bit. But yeah, because I think one of the weirdest things about this is that you're, you're sat in your lounge with the, uh, the curtains drawn, watching the news, just feeling kind of helpless. Maybe by playing Pandemic, and you can beat the virus but, uh, by rolling dice and working together with your housemates, it might help a little bit. Either way, it's number three in the top 20 games of 2020 on Zatu Games' website.
At number two, uh, I mentioned earlier on about Ticket to Ride and our love for it. Even Hollywood star Kiala Settle plays Ticket to Ride at home right now. You can check the little photo out uh, on our board game thing Instagram. It's an honour to have her listening to the show. And it's an honour to have all of you lot listening to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, So number two is Ticket to Ride Europe. Uh, The best thing about Ticket to Ride is you can get normal Ticket to Ride and then they've kind of drilled down into all the different variations. So you can get, I think Rails and Sails was the one that we played, which was kind of bringing boats into the equation and stuff as well. Ticket to Ride Europe, you can interrail your way around Europe. Maybe there is a special edition that's to do with Britain that's out there as well. But Ticket to Ride Europe is number two. And the number one game on the Zatu website for 2020, the most bought game, I'm going to put my hand in the air and say... I've never heard of this game before in my life, okay? It's called Muffin Time. From uh, some research, it looks like a kind of party game along the lines of Cards Against Humanity. Uh, You've got to try and get rid of the cards you've got in your hand. It comes in a very cool square box that's got loads of colours on it and loads of cartoon characters on it, but I've never heard of it before in my entire life. So this might be a one... A weird way to end a top 20 countdown, having never heard of the game that's at number one spot. But that's what I love about this hobby. You never quite know when you get a curveball thrown in there that disrupts the market a little bit. You know, like Settlers of Catan and Pandemic and Twilight Struggle and everything have been around for donkey's years. And suddenly you get this young pretender of a card game that is a complete curveball made by the brilliant people at Big Potato Games. Uh, and it's hugely popular, number one in our list. So check it out. Uh, have a little look on our Instagram, at Board Game Thing. I'll post up a list of the full top 20. Uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, if you are struggling a little bit with being on your own during this, and I know this is a huge problem uh, with this pandemic, is uh, people just trying to keep on the right side of having a positive mental health. It can really affect you, uh, not only about the news and everything, but just have, being alone with your thoughts sometimes for that extended period of time is something that we're not used to. Uh, and you know what your mind's like. Your mind, most of the time, can be a good laugh, but sometimes you got, your mind is like a, a baddie in a panto creeping in from stage left with a cape and going, ooh, and putting weird thoughts and odd thoughts into your head. And you can offer yourself a bit of a distraction. There's some brilliant solo board games out there. So if you've not listened to the previous podcast, uh, I've gone through a list of some of my favourite solo board games of all time. Uh, but listen, that's pretty much it. Check out the list, like I say, uh, on uh, at Board Game Thing. You can buy all of these games from Zatu's website because it's the top 20 of the games that they've sold in 2020. Uh, big respect to Muffin Time for coming in at number one. I'd never heard of it before. Big respect to the people at Potato Games. And uh, we can promise you some brilliant Board Game Thing podcasts in 2021. Uh, Brian and Jess, we've got a full compliment back next week, and we will see you then. Uh, take care and stay safe. Stay safe.